Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good. Glad you're all here. Ooh, I get a seat? We'll see. We'll see. I might want to sit down. Um, <clears throat> we've been in this series on kind of organizing the ships in our life. And so we talked about worship, and we talked about relationships, and today we're going to talk about fellowship. And fellowship ties in real well with relationships, so it's kind of good to um, follow up with the relationship sermon with fellowship. Uh, and with relationships, right, you don't need fellowship. But to, in order to have fellowship with someone, you have to have a relationship with them. And in the Bible, uh, it talks about uh, this word fellowship is actually a Greek word. And everybody say this with me, koinonia. Can say, koinonia, all right? That's the word in the Bible for fellowship. And it means uh, kind of this shared common interest, right? So uh, common life together. Partnership. That's what fellowship is. And we see it kind of mentioned for, uh, not the first time, but the first time in the New Testament really is when the church got started. And that's going to be the focus of uh, our message today in Acts chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to get there in a second. If you don't, put your hand up. We'll get you one. Um, We'll get a Bible to you. And it says it's on page, what is that, 592? 592, if you get one of the um, church Bibles here. And if you don't have a Bible, feel free to take that one with you that we're passing out. Take it with you when you go. Um, But let me just kind of set the stage here a little bit. So Acts chapter 2, Jesus has ascended into heaven. The people have gathered. Uh, It's it's called a time, it's, it's a festival called Pentecost. Uh, It happens 50 days after Passover. These people that have just seen their Lord ascend into heaven, he died, he was crucified, he rose again, he walked the earth, he ascended into heaven probably about 10 days earlier. He he tells the people, hey, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. And so they're kind of just locked up in this room like, okay, when's this going to happen? Because when it happens, we know something big is going to come from this, right? And so all of a sudden they're in this room and boom, the Holy Spirit is sent to them. And amazing things start happening. And you have to remember that at this time, Jewish people from all over the world had gathered in Jerusalem for, the, for Pentecost, right? And so they speak different languages and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit ascends and the people in this building are starting to speak in tongues that these people are like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. They don't speak my language, but right now they're speaking my language. How's that happen? The Holy Spirit. Okay? So many awesome things are happening, taking place right here. And so if you look in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, that's where we're going to start. And I love this passage. Uh, One day, someday, I don't know, I want to open like a coffee shop and call it Cafe 242. That's just been on, like... That's the thing, okay? Because I love Acts 2.42. Like, listen to this. If you're there, uh, follow along with me. Uh, It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. That's church. That's church, right? And we'll continue on here. It says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. That's fellowship. Okay? They get together. They're breaking bread, which basically means they're having dinner. They're having lunch together. They're grabbing coffee together. They're coming to church together. That is, that's fellowship there. And think about this. In Acts 2.41, it says that that day 3,000 people were added. Okay, so this is the first church plant. And they start out with 3,000 people. All right? We got work to do here, people. All right? 3,000 people that first day. Okay? So you can imagine, like, I don't know about your house, but my house doesn't hold 3,000 people. So they had to break up into group, smaller groups, right? Hey, come over for dinner tonight. And you had to. I don't know if you've ever been in a large church setting where there are thousands or 3,000 people. Um, if you have, it's hard to connect in there. And you have to get yourself into smaller groups. And here we call them regroups. And I'm going to just plug this all day, so just be ready. All right. Uh, get yourself involved in regroups. Uh, there's small groups. 10 to 12 people where we can just really get to know each other and have fellowship. Uh, point one here, which relates to that. The quality of your Christian life is direct, directly related to the quality of your Christian relationships. So when you have a relationship with someone, you, you kind of have these three uh, ranges of conversation with them, right? You have the surface level conversation, right? Where you walk into the restaurant or you walk into the gas station and you're like, hey man, it's raining out there. How, you know, what's the weather supposed to be like? Those just basic, did you see the game last night? Those are just surface level conversations that you can have with anybody. Okay? And then you move on and you can have a personal conversation with someone. Maybe you've got a relationship there. You have this personal conversation where it's, you know, how's your family? How's that job search going? Hey, I heard your mom was sick. How's she doing? Right? Those are personal conversations, but then but we really haven't reached fellowship yet. Fellowship occurs when we hit those spiritual conversations. That's true fellowship. When we start talking about, hey, what's God doing in your life? How's he showing up? Is he showing up? Let me pray with you. That's true fellowship. That's that koinonia word we talked about. In Philippians, there's a verse, I think it should be up here on the screen. Um, <clears throat> Philippians 2 says, So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. That word there, participation in the Spirit, again, it's that word koinonia. It doesn't show it up there, but uh, if you read on in your Bible, if you've turned to it, it says... Um, any participation in the Spirit. 
It means koinonia, fellowship. Like-minded, yeah. And so, uh, again, it's this, well, it's point two. A commitment to fellowship is a commitment to unity. And this doesn't mean that we agree on everything. We just went through this big political phase in our country. And even in this church, there's disagreements on politics, I'll tell you. Okay? Just check out Facebook. Right? I, I mean, literally, I've just avoided Facebook for a while. I just can't take it anymore. I'm like, both sides. So we don't have to agree, but it's this. It's that on the important things, the things that matter, we have to be in unity. We have to be in unity that Jesus is our Savior. We have to be in unity that this is God's word that he gave to us. But there's other things that we can disagree on, and it's okay, but we have to be a unified front on certain areas. Uh, I remember, we used to call them bulletins, okay, back in the day. But I'm information guide, all right. Uh, in the, on the back at a church I attended when I was a teenager, it had this quote. It said, uh, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. That was written by a guy. I had, a, I, I had no idea where it came from. We didn't give him credit in our bulletin. So. Uh, but it was this guy. He said, it was, his name was Rupertus Meldinius. And he wrote this uh, during the 30-year war back in the 1600s. Over in Europe, there was much uh, religious feuding going on. And he's like, can we unify around our belief? Like, what, what we truly all believe, can we just kind of all come together on that? And let the main thing be the main thing. Unify around the fact that Jesus is relevant. Unify around the fact that, that he came to this earth and lived a sinless life, died and rose again. That's what we can unify. If that's all we can unify around, let's get there. Right? And we can have these fun, this fun discourse back and forth over theological issues. I enjoy that banter sometimes, right? Where we kind of talk about, well, I won't even bring them up because I don't want to cause discourse. <laughs> but, uh, but in the essentials, we have to be unified. We have to be there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8 Uh, This is Paul, and he's writing to the church in Corinth. And as he's doing this, there's much persecution going on in Jerusalem. And so he's telling the church in Corinth about this church in Macedonia. We'll read it, and then I'll explain a little bit more. Uh, It says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction... Their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. The third point there, true fellowship involves sharing what's been entrusted to me. 
these people were the Church of Macedonia. Was a very, it was they were impoverished people, very poor. They didn't have anything. But they wanted to give what they did have. And if that meant that they had to sacrifice a meal, sacrifice their kids being involved in a sport, sacrifice uh, grabbing a cup of coffee every day, whatever that meant, if they had to sacrifice, they wanted to because they knew that their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem were being persecuted and there was a famine going on at the same time. These people were starving. And they said, well, we're not going to sit here, even though we have nothing. We're not going to sit here and watch as our brothers and sisters starve to death. We're going to give what we can give. We're going to give out of our abundance. And they didn't have much abundance. But they gave anyway. And we want that to be a marker here at Relevant as well. That we will go out of our way to give to people. We want to be the church that writes that card to somebody. Jennifer Phelps here. She's like the card writer of our church. Okay, I got a birthday card from her a couple of weeks ago. I've got another card. And she does that. And I would love to be the person that does that. Because in my mind, I'm always going to like write letters to people and tell them how much I appreciate them, but I never do. I'm just authenticity, authenticity, you know, you got to be a deal here. And that's me. I'm, I'm not very good at that. Um, but she is. Maybe you've been participating in Fast Five here. Uh, this week we um, gave to a stranger, right? Um, we want to be a church that shares out of our abundance. And you may say, I don't have an abundance. The church in Macedonia didn't either. They didn't have everything. They didn't have the big, beautiful house. They didn't have the fancy cars. They didn't have uh, the streets of gold. Maybe they didn't even have a place to live. Maybe they didn't even have a place to rest their head. But you want to know what? They decided that whatever we do have, we're going to squeeze as much as we can because we want to help those people that are hurting. And let that be our prayer here at Relevant that we are a church that says, you want to know what? We want to go out into this community and help those that are hurting and draw them to Christ. In 1 John 1, I love this passage right here. Just going to tell you I love it. Uh, starting in verse 6, it says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. That's convicting right there. I don't even really need to. I mean, I could sit down and be done. Right? If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, if you're an old school uh, DC Talk fan right there, that song just comes into your head. Uh, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Fellowship requires authenticity. Uh, I was a youth pastor for a few years, and uh, the biggest thing we liked to do, the kids liked to do, is play flashlight tag. Okay, so uh, what we would do is we had a pretty large church, and so if, say, we're playing flashlight tag on a Saturday night, we would have people come in Saturday morning, and literally we would black out all of the windows, okay? Like we would have plastic, and we would darken all the windows, all the doors of the church, and this whole, I mean, the whole place pitch black, right? And so the only way you could see yourself, see around was with a flashlight. That's why it was flashlight tag. Um, but we're walking around in darkness. And the hit that that game took to our youth budget was insane because, right, so you're walking, you're like, I mean, they're teenagers, and they run, and there's a drinking fountain, and it's just bam. And I think we replaced two or three drinking fountains. You're hiding from someone, so they're standing on toilets. We replaced that. We had somebody crawl up into a fireplace one time um, to not get caught. But we are hiding from people because it was dark. And the only way you could see was with a flashlight. And you're supposed to run with a flashlight. But people thought if they ran with their flashlight on, they were going to get caught because they didn't want to be tagged. So a lot of them didn't. But isn't that us, too? like, if we walk around on darkness, we're not going to be able to have fellowship with people because we're not being authentic. We're just staying in the darkness. And we're trying to avoid people. I don't want you to know what's going on in my life. And we just avoid. And we move away from people and we don't move towards people because we don't want to be those authentic We want to be the ones that just kind of show up for church and then get up and walk out the door. Like, we're, yeah, we're supposed to go to church, so that's what we're going to do. But we don't want to build the relationship because that requires authenticity. I know in my regroup, I'm pushing it again, see, I told you I was going to say it. Uh, in my regroup, it's interesting, you know, the first week we get together, people are just like, yeah, trying to feel each other out. Like, okay, what can I say here? What can I... What's okay? And then by the, uh, the time we finished up, it's like, okay, you didn't have to share that much. Right? Like, I don't, like, just, yeah, it's a little too much, right? So, because everybody's being so authentic. But ultimately, that's what we want. Because that's how we build relationship. If, if you're willing to share your life with me, that opens the door that I want to share my life with you. And we can have that true fellowship, the koinonia that we talked about, that, that time where we can uh, have those spiritual conversations and talk about what is God doing in your life? How is God impacting you right now? Pastor Muta asks this all the time, like, how's God at work in your life? Have you seen him at work this week? Well, if we can start all being authentic, Guess what? We'll show up and have something to say instead of silence, right? Because we're not scared to say, you know what? This week I struggled, and God pulled me through. 
right? True authenticity. I've preached several times. This is, this is the week that I did the least amount of studying because I just didn't have time. That's true authenticity right there. I didn't have the, I, I put other things in front of it. And so literally the last two days, I've just been begging God, like, Lord, speak through me because I have nothing. I can't do this on my own, right? But to be authentic people, you have to be willing to take a step. I was watching something the other day. Uh, I don't even remember. It was like Bishop T.D. Jake's talk show or something. I don't remember what it was. And it was this, this lady who couldn't, she was struggling creating relationships. And she just, every time she had an issue, she was, the, the person was like, take a step back, take a step back. And they found out that from, you know, it was this distance between Alex and me, right? How can I build a relationship with Alex if he's over there and I'm here? But as I get closer to him and we can start having conversation, that's when authenticity can take place. And we want you to take a step today. So, so maybe your step is this. Maybe your step is you need to get into a regroup. And if you can uh, talk to anybody that's been in one, I don't know of anybody Maybe there are people out there, but I don't know of anybody that would say, don't do it. Join a regroup. It's easy. All you got to do is go online. This is relevant.cc. Click on the connect page and shoot us your information and we'll get in contact with you. That's simple. If, if your phone has internet service down here, which mine doesn't, but if yours does, you can do it right now. I have no problem. Just pull it up and start putting your, plugging your information in, right? Because that can be your step today. You can say, you know what? In two weeks, we're starting regroups. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to join. We would love to have 100% participation in our regroups. That would be incredible. Because you can start to build fellowship. It's hard to do here. It's hard to do on a Sunday morning. What was that? Absolutely. That's scary. Right? So it's accountability, too. When somebody says, hey, what would you get out of the Word this week? Uh, well, I remember what the pastor talked about last week. Right? No. When somebody's asking you those questions. So join a regroup. That can be your step. The other step could be this. Uh, in Acts 2.47 right at the end there. It says, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Right? So maybe that's the step. Maybe you say today, I don't even know what you're talking about. Fellowship? Sure, I've heard Jesus' name before, but I don't even know who he is. That's the step you take today. On your, on your card here, Right? My next step is maybe it's that top box. Accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Maybe that's the step you take today. Maybe you're saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Take that step. Say you say, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. 
I don't have good relationships. Well, I'm telling you that there is one, his name is Jesus, and he wants to be your best friend. And you're not going to see him, right? But he's always there. And you're not going to know that he's there, but he is. Sometimes you know that he's there. But there's other times you're like, Lord, where are you? I need you. And I'll tell you, in my personal life, so many times have I had to just cry out to him and say, Lord, just I need you to step up now. And he's never failed, ever. He's always been there for me. And he truly is my best friend. Because I can lean on him. I can share my life with him. I can be truly authentic with Jesus when I can't be truly authentic with all of you. At least I feel that way. Right? But with him, I can just lean on him. And know that he will carry me. So maybe the step is you take that step and you say, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you've been here a couple of times and you're like, "Ah, I'm not sure about regroups. I'm not sure. I've already taken the step of Jesus. Maybe it's just that you need to connect with somebody over coffee. Maybe it's that simple. But here's the thing. I don't want you to leave today without taking a step. Okay? Don't leave today without saying, I'm going to do something. Because Jesus is a life changer. That's what he does. And so when we come into this building and the Holy Spirit is present on this place, take a step. Be authentic with somebody. Maybe some of you that are married, you need to be authentic with your spouse. How about that? Maybe you need to share something that you don't want to share. But that could be your step today. If your step is this, that you want to choose Jesus, mark it on your connection card, but also come see me, see Pastor Muta, see people, you know, the worship leaders up here. Come talk to somebody. Because we want to share with you. Because we adore we worship at his feet. And we'd love to share that relationship that we have with Jesus. Uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we want to start with fellowship with you, Lord. And when we have fellowship and unity with you, Jesus, then we can walk in to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, and we can live authentic lives in front of them, and they're not going to... Uh, to judge us, but they're going to encourage us to keep walking, to keep taking the next step. We just pray for this church. We pray, Father, that uh, even as you bring people into these doors this afternoon through the Hunter Ice Festival, God, we just pray that um, lives could be touched. And Father, I just pray that you would go with us this week, that you will um, just help us during the week to just be reminded to take that step. 
And we'll give you all of the praise, Jesus. In your name I pray.